0: Hi there and welcome to part 2 of the podcast Childhood Medical File, My Story. My name is Joe Roberts and in part 1 of this podcast I described my medical file from childhood pertaining to me being intersex. Obviously I'm aware that it's highly unorthodox for someday to discuss the contents of their medical file in a podcast, but as I explained in part 1, there is some reason for doing that, namely that people like myself are on the receiving end of human rights abuses. They are not framed as such in our society, they're portrayed by the medical profession as heroic acts, but I can assure you nothing of the sort is true. What I'm essentially trying to do is raise awareness of the issues surrounding being intersex and if you have a problem with the idea of somebody reading out the contents of their medical file or you have a problem with any of the contents of that file, I suggest you go and find another podcast to listen to. So as I explained in part 1, the medical profession diagnosed me with testicular feminization, aka androgen insensitivity syndrome. This is an intersex condition meaning that, to cut a long story short, I don't fit conventional notions of male or female. The medical profession first became aware of this when I went into hospital to have a herniotomy and uh, they discovered when they were carrying out the herniotomy that I had internal testes. These were not removed immediately, there was some time elapsed between them discovering them and removing them. So in the second part of this podcast I am going to be providing perspectives on the many surgeries which were carried out. First off in the letter, I'll begin with the one from around age three, four. And in this one, the doctor says, on the basis of the information that we have, I think there's no doubt that Joanne should be considered a little girl. I find this statement arbitrary. I don't really care one way or another what anybody considers me to be, I'm way past that stage, Um, yeah, I don't really care to be honest with you. I'm long past the stage of caring about that kind of thing. I spent years and years and years in high school being deliberately misgendered and called a man day after day after day and it hardens you up and it toughens you up and I don't really give a crap how my fellow human beings perceive me in that sense anymore. This letter also refers to the testes that they discovered as entirely non-functional. That's a lie. A total blatant out-and-out lie. Uh, They were not... Uh, non-functional and the letter also contradicts itself because it says here that they consider there is a fair chance I would virilize at puberty, that means start looking more masculine but they've also said in the next breath that the testes are non-functional, that literally makes absolutely no sense and the fact that they can write something as completely contradictory and nonsensical as that proves just how arrogant these people are and the fact that they think that no matter who they're dealing with, they're dealing with an idiot. In stating their case that they believe that the testes should have been removed, they then go on to say, I am sure that psychologically and emotionally for her and for the family as a whole, Joanne is better off without them, that wasn't their judgement to make. What they essentially did was rob me of natural puberty and although I can 100% say that there wouldn't have been psychological or emotional implications, the implications of not going through puberty naturally are very far reaching and they didn't take that on board and this is one of many huge problems with what they did. What's extremely interesting here is the next thing that they go on to say which is, as a whole, Joanne is better off without them, even without the very small risk of malignant change if they are left. Now this is super interesting and very revealing because one of the main reasons that the medical profession cite for removing these testes is that there is a risk of them turning cancerous. Now... There are apparently academic studies which prove that there is a higher rate of testicular cancer amongst individuals whom have been diagnosed with androgen insensitivity syndrome than in the rest of the population. However, I take issue with those studies like I take issue with virtually everything that the medical profession does relating to intersex people. That's why it's super interesting to me to actually read in a letter A medical professional saying in explicit terms that the risk of those testes turning cancerous was very small next up there are a few comments made as regards to encouraging secrecy it says something along the lines of well I'll just read it out Um, all in all Joanne will certainly require regular follow-ups and I am sure that it is not at this stage Appropriate for either Joanne or people other than those in the immediate family to know the nature of the problem. That's one of the first of many things that they say regarding uh, keeping it as secret as possible. Uh, this is the f- next part. We have the first of many digs regarding um, so-called aggressive and or unorthodox behavior. Uh, because these people actually expect that someday can go into hospital again and again and again, have surgeries forced on them, have people looking at their private parts, have adult male doctors touching them, and certain things into their body, using scalpels on them, and that a person's supposed to go through all of that unscathed, proving beyond any doubt to me, as I suspected, that we live in a society which is so cold, unfeeling lacking in emotional intelligence and empathy that it borders on the psychopathic, as I've said before, these people are morally insane. Having said that, I don't know whether it's actually society as a whole, it's just definitely uh, the vast majority of the doctors in the medical profession that I've dealt with relating to me being intersex. The next thing that I want to comment upon is the summary which was written after my vaginoplasty and... Gonodectomy. One of the worst things that they actually say in this is uh, post-operative recovery was satisfactory. They don't actually mention what happened in the run-up to me being taken into surgery, which was that I went absolutely berserk and started screaming like a banshee and trying to stop them from taking me away from a mother Again, like I said, it's moral insanity what they do. I actually maintain that the person's subconscious is still operating when they are being operated on in surgery whilst under anaesthesia, so Even though the person is not consciously aware of what is being done to them, they're not consciously aware that a scalpel is being used to operate on different parts of their body, I believe that subconsciously it's all still being processed. That's something that I will be talking about in a later podcast. Also in this summary, they talk about the, well they mention the, the gonadectomy and the vaginoplasty, it bears repeating that carrying out a vaginoplasty on a four-year-old is, again, morally insane. There isn't one human being on planet Earth is going to convince me otherwise. Not only is it morally insane, it's actually just plain stupid to do it because it doesn't last And it ends up that they end up needing to do it a second time because um, it just goes back to how it was. So not only do these people have a broken morality, they seem to have a broken mind as well. But yeah, just have a think about that scenario, just appraise that scenario, contemplate it for a few moments. They're doing a vaginoplasty on a four year old. If you don't see a problem with that, you might want to consider visiting a psychiatrist. The next letter that I want to address is the one in which they admit to using a glass dilator on me. For those of you who don't know, a dilator is something which is used to either lengthen or widen a vagina, which is considered to be either too short or too narrow. Again, this is moral insanity. These people are, in my opinion, morally dead. Uh, Morally dead, emotionally dead. You might think from listening to this that I hate them, but I actually don't because they're actually beneath that as far as I'm concerned. The only thing I really feel towards these people is scorn and maybe contempt because they clearly weren't raised properly and therefore don't understand the difference between right and wrong them being allowed to operate on somebody like myself in an operating theatre in a hospital is kind of analogous to letting a, a three or four year old loose in a hospital with a scalpel. That's how I see it. They're morally and emotionally retarded. The next thing that I wish to comment upon, which was a particularly interesting turn of phrase in a letter from Around the age of five is the statement that quote unquote one can obviously empathize with her parents' wish to keep the matter strictly private. Again, this was what I was referring to earlier, the desire on the part of many individuals to treat this like something shameful, something that should be swept under the carpet, something that should be treated like some dirty little secret, which was how it was treated for uh, all of my childhood and adolescence. At best, I got mixed messages and at worst, I was told to keep it to myself and not talk about it with anybody. The empathise part is interesting because I don't believe that the individual in question or most of the individuals in question involved in my quote-unquote health care as a child possessed any empathy but what he's trying to say there is that he empathizes with my parents. Well it's my opinion that people always empathize more with the parents of somebody who is different to the norm in some way than they do with the actual person themselves. That's my opinion. The next thing that I wish to comment upon was the hospital stay from when I was six years old when I was in hospital for six full days and I said that I wanted to take issue with the use of the word elective when they took me into hospital for this um, six day visit. It said on the discharge papers, elective investigation. So, they took me in for a series of tests, and they wrote on the discharge summary that this was elective and I looked it up, and that actually means chosen, so that makes it sound as though I chose it, which obviously I couldn't possibly have, so they seem to be or they seemed to be of the opinion that if parents of an intersex person choose to basically hand their child over to the medical profession to do whatever the hell they want with them, that that's somehow some form of consent and nothing of the sort is true. You can't consent to something as major as that on somebody else's behalf, not unless their life is at risk. My overall opinion of my six day stay in hospital where they carried out a variety of tests, including this uh, pituitary act axis thing that they're talking about is that once again it has a distinctly abusive vibe to it, mainly because I didn't know what was going on. It also says quite a lot about just what a trusting child I was, that that hernia story kept on being believed over and over and over again for years and years and years on end. Some might even say naive, but I was definitely a trusting child and grew into a slightly less trusting adolescent and then an adult who found it very difficult to trust anybody. That's the sad trajectory of somebody who goes through this kind of thing, in some cases probably not all, I should point that out. I also want to comment upon the biopsy which they did. I'm pretty sure that once again this was done under anaesthetic. Another point that I want to make here is that a lot of the anaesthetic that they were using was I think chloroform based. It was a sickly sweet smelling gas and I'm pretty sure that's chloroform and uh, that was later outlawed because of how damaging it was to children so that's another facet to all of this. However, where that biopsy was concerned, it's once again mutilation, once again they took a scalpel to my genital area to take a piece of skin on me. Um, I'm pretty sure that it caused heart and pain. It was also arbitrary as well, as the consultant in question later went on to confirm in the next letter when he said that it was done purely for scientific curiosity and not for reasons of necessity. Next in the catalogue of carnage that the medical profession perpetrated against me we move on to the second vaginoplasty because it simply wasn't enough to do one blasty on a child before they've even reached the end of their childhood. Um, it wasn't enough for them to do that to a four-year-old. They then had to go on to do it to me when I was eight as well. And I actually remember the aftermath of this one. And I think it's worth talking about here. I was still a trusting child by this point, and uh, still didn't really have any insight whatsoever into why I was going into hospital. Uh, I was given a, a rudimentary false story which I believed. I went in for this procedure and in the aftermath of it I can remember that urinating was agony. Uh, Every time I attempted to do it, it was like there was razor blades in that area. In fact, I have a very clear memory of sitting on the toilet trying to urinate and actually crying in pain. The next thing that I wish to comment upon is the letter from the consultant that I used to see. And this one was from around the age of 10 when... He was talking about the best age at which they should start me on HRT. I also commented upon this letter saying that it was the most damning letter because once again he is blatantly encouraging shame and secrecy, stating, I am sure it is neither necessary nor appropriate or advisable to go further than that at this stage and of course it may never be appropriate to give Joanne the fullest information about her underlying problem. Well, you can't really say it much more blatantly than that, can you? To be honest, by this stage in my life, I can't even really feel angry towards somebody like this. It's more of a cold, muted, scorn, contempt and disgust. They're so lacking in self-awareness that I can only feel scorn for them. Like I mean I could provide an insight into the psychology behind that rhetoric that I've just read out to you. It's not about protecting me. That's them attempting to empathise but failing to do so in the correct way. So, their way of looking at it is, well, if I was in their shoes, I wouldn't want to know, but that's because they're looking at it from their point of view. See, they're so absolutely broken that they don't even understand what real empathy is. It's just like they're attempting to empathise, but not quite managing it. So, it's like, well, if I was in their shoes, I wouldn't want to know, but... They're saying that from the perspective of somebody who is not considered quote-unquote abnormal by society, so of course they wouldn't want to. It's like they're attempting to empathise but can't quite manage it because their awareness is so terrible. There are a few other attempts on the part of this individual to encourage further secrecy. Uh, By this point, I'm too tired and sickened to even comment upon that. It's pretty obvious to anyone with half a functioning brain cell that that was the entire modus operandi of this individual all the way along, hence why I was still encouraging secrecy by the time I'd reached the age of 10. Uh, The last thing that I want to comment upon as regards to my medical file is a few comments that were made along the way by various individuals as regards to me and how I coped with the whole thing and there were a few snide, sneering, judgmental comments made as regards to anger slash aggression slash depression slash whatever. And it was a negative comment um, and again it conveyed the profound lack of empathy which typifies how people deal with um, the presence of intersex variations in our society and how shockingly lacking in empathy many people are when it comes to how they deal with intersex people. And there's one particular letter in particular in my medical file here, I won't bother reading it out but... It says here, I've written on it, I've written a a footnote here saying shitty judgments from people who have been enabled to avoid facing the consequences of their actions. So there were lots of people involved in causing various different forms of damage to me physically psychologically emotionally maybe even spiritually lots of people got involved in it and have been enabled by society to avoid facing the consequences of their actions and believe me there have been consequences there is a law of cause and effect a lot of what i went through uh, in hospital at the hands of the medical profession did have an effect I mean, I've not even gone into the kind of stuff that I was doing as a sort of very young child, four, five, six, a lot of the, you know, there were long periods of time where I was physically lashing out at other children, there were lots of cry for help behaviours shall we say, I mean it was obvious, it was really really obvious and all of these individuals this long succession of individuals passing comment and behaving in a way which reeked of callousness and a lack of empathy, the whole thing like it would just um, destroy a lot of people really I haven't, to, to date there hasn't been one person in my entire life that is familiar with that story that I've just spent these past two f- uh, podcasts telling, there isn't one person in my entire life that's heard all of that and actually said to me, wow, that's a lot for you to go through. Not one. Um. So if I sound angry slash bitter, there's why. And if I sound like I don't have a very high opinion of levels of emotional intelligence slash empathy slash morality in our society, that's why. So I'm going to provide some sort of summary now as regards to the whole overall picture and as regards to my overall experiences at the hands of the medical profession because I am intersex. I summarise it thusly, I consider it to be eugenics. Intersex people are not safe in western society, they are viewed as unwelcome intruders, their bodies are regarded as a problem their presence in society is regarded as a problem and the medical profession are the elected spokespersons for giving a message to intersex people that they and their bodies are not welcome in Western society and the medical professionals are the symbolic elected officials who are pushed forward to deal with the problem with a scalpel in hand. It is eugenics There are many aspects of the medical profession's treatment of intersex people which makes it eugenics but if you want the number one reason that would be the forced sterilisation and the casual offhand way that they sterilise intersex individuals without having full and comprehensive knowledge of whether those people would have reproductive ability or not and they don't care either this is one of the main things which makes the medical profession's treatment of intersex individuals in the western world eugenics. On a personal note, all of what I went through took an absolutely colossal toll on me and it's become almost like an obsession to me during my adult life to try and make somebody somewhere understand the effect that what I went through had on me but I've never yet managed it to the best of my knowledge and as I also just said I've yet to have the experience of feeling as though somebody has understood and empathised with me regarding the experiences that I've had. There are levels of suffering that I have gone through particularly over the past five years or so which were so extreme that I can recall thinking to myself that I literally wouldn't wish them upon any human being on planet Earth and I stand by that and all of what I've just described over the past couple of podcasts has played a large part in that. There was a very clear, obvious and demonstrable link between the experiences I had in hospital at the hands of the medical profession during my childhood and my behaviours. Out with hospital during the rest of my childhood. The link was there for all to see and the cries for help mostly went unheeded. I see a lot of intersex people who are putting perspectives out in, in the world about all of this but what I also see are a lot of intersex people who are placing a very large amount of emphasis on making it look to others as though they are completely happy and well adjusted. And whilst I am not disputing that it is theoretically possible for that to be the case, I do feel like there is an element of trying to convince themselves and others of this because they know deep down that that is what society expects of them. I'm certainly not that kind of person and I'm done. Abusing myself by being a performing seal for people who expect me to look as though I'm happy on the outside when I'm blatantly and severely suffering on the inside, that's not a good way to treat a human being It's abuse. So I hope that this video has been informative for you. I'm kind of exhausted now so I'm going to draw this to a close. Thank you for listening.